G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Thank you for listening to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth around the world. As fewer Christians read the Bible daily, fewer understand what a marvelous revelation it is from God to man. It's so easy to forget as we scurry around our day-to-day lives what a profound gift Scripture is to us. 66 books weaving a tapestry of God's love for us words from heaven sitting right in our hands. As a culture, we've walked away from these time-tested truths, rejected the wisdom found in its pages. Now more than ever before is the time that our world needs to understand what Scripture actually has to say. Join Dr. Yusuf, cultural anthropologist, pastor and author, for a timely discussion on the relevance of Holy Scripture. 66 books, 40 authors, over 1,500 years, and yet, Michael, it's one book, yeah. and it tells the most amazing story ever, and that is God's love for us. So why are we not reading it anymore? Well, the problem is that is exactly what the devil doesn't want us to do, because he knows there is power in the Word of God. And when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, what did he do? He quoted the Scripture the very Old Testament scripture that some evangelical pastors are saying we need to get unhitched from and that we need to ditch and we need to move on and just focus on the resurrection. But the fallacy is Jesus did not appear in a vacuum. Every book of the Old Testament says he's coming. He's coming. From Genesis 3.15, when God said to Adam and Eve that Jesus will be born and he is going to be nipped at the heel by Satan, but he will destroy Satan. And all of that, and goes on and on and on throughout the scripture, one theme. And yet the arrogance and the pride, uh, the human arrogance and pride has forbidden to stop people from reading it or seeing the relevance to them, not even in the church. You see, I am concerned about the church. That's the bride of Christ. And when people in the church, and I read these statistics, and if it's one or two I may not take notice of, but just continuation, so many statistics. They said 10% of Christians, not the world out there, the Christians, 10% read it every day. 18% would read it twice a week. Now, that is so ludicrous. And I often said that what the despots have failed to do, and particularly we know that in China, literally they used to burn the Bibles before the 80s and Churches, the underground churches would have little pieces of the Bible to read in their cell groups. And yet what despots have failed to do, we have done. They failed to accomplish the destruction of the Word of God, but our neglect, we have done that. And therefore, I am absolutely on a mission. It's been the mission of my life, but now it's really coming into concentration and culmination that if you claim to know Jesus and you do not read the Word of God, then you have a fake claim. There's something wrong with your faith. And so this is a challenge, and I'm saying it in the strongest term possible. 
We feel your passion yes. in the books that you write and the messages that you preach in hearing you right now. You have taken that passion and you have put it into a book, right. How to Read the Bible as if your life depended on it. And right. I really love the subtitle sure. because it does. Yes, absolutely. Your eternal life, not only this life, this life. Just think about what you're missing out on, the joy and the peace and the confidence and the assurance and the internal. I'm talking internal because circumstances cannot be controlled. But the internal peace in the midst of difficulty in the midst of problems or whatever they may be, physical, emotional or financial, that you are at peace because you have placed your confidence in Christ. Then in eternal life as well. So it's both here and for all of eternity. And that is why I think it's vitally important that people understand what the Word of God has said and they begin to obey it and live by it because it means everything both in this life and for all of eternity. And I feel like if you read it, you want to obey it and live by it. But you've got to start there. So I I love that this book, you really walk your readers through what the Bible is. And so if people have read the Bible in its entirety, this is fabulous because it kind of brings it all back and inspires you to get back in. For somebody who's never read it, you really lay it out so beautifully to show us how interconnected it is. It is. And that's a longing of my heart. I tell people, you know, there are some of my books that have taken me six months to write. Some take longer, some take shorter. Depends. I love writing. God obviously gave me that gift, which I did not know until the age of 30. But uh, this book, How to Read the Bible, it's taken me 50 years to write. Mm. It really has taken me 50 years. From the moment I learned it, and I learned this unity of the Bible and how it is one book. As, as one theologian once said, he said, the Old Testament is like a house. It doesn't have a roof. The New Testament is the roof. And so, in many ways, one without the other cannot, do not make sense. And that is what I intended, or I at least tried to the best of my ability under the power of the Holy Spirit to communicate that one unity of the Bible that is going to bless you and encourage you and motivate you, that is going to make it feel like food that you eat, except it's spiritual food. It's nourishment to your soul, nourishment to your body. I can't go a day without, uh, and if I do, I mean, I can feel it. It's just everything is sluggish and in my heart and my mind. And so I try never to miss. And so to knowing how to read the Bible, how to apply it to life and realize that it's authenticity, mm. that all the people who bring doubt about the Bible, they've never read it. <laughs> or they read it like the devil. The devil read the Bible. The devil believes the Bible. Mm. James said the devil believes and trembles. That is something more than 21st century Christians do. We don't tremble at the name of Jesus, but Satan trembles at the Word of God. And so you can read it that way, you can read it or not read it at all and criticize it. But if you read it and you understand it and you comprehend it, you would never want to be without it. And through the ministry of Leading the Way, so many people have smartphones. If you just download the Leading the Way app, there's the Bible right there at the bottom of the page. You can listen to the Bible. You can read the Bible. And you even have a program there on how to read the Bible in a year. In fact, there's even a nice man who will read it for you (laughs) in an audio (laughs) sense. So Leading the Way has really the access to the Bible. It's right there. It's free. We are doing everything possible 
And uh, it's not out of guilt and out of, you know, we have or, or duty that we need to. Do. No, no, no. It's out of gratitude yes. to God who saved us. And God used somebody to save me. He used a preacher to speak his truth. So I want to be used of God to do the same thing for others. And so it is the imperative of our generation that it seem to be running away from God as fast as they can to say, stop. Stop running away from the truth of the Word of God. Come back, read it, digest it, understand it, comprehend it, obey it, live by it. And that is really the message of leading the way that we take it to 195 countries. Jesus came for everyone. Yep. This is not an exclusive faith. No. He didn't just come for the Jew, also to the Gentile and all to the ends of the earth. Exactly. But sometimes those in opposition try to frame it like a very narrow-minded, yeah. yeah. not many people can get in here. Yeah. Well, it is another road, yes. for sure. Gate. But, you know, when Jesus in Luke chapter 4 went to Nazareth, I always, when I go to Israel, I always teach on that topic because it's a very important topic. In Luke chapter 4, when Jesus sat in the synagogue, this is his hometown, and he opened the scripture to Isaiah, and he talks about the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. And then he closes the scroll and he said, this now has been fulfilled in your ears. I'm he. Well, he didn't react too much. Then he told them two stories from the Old Testament. He said, were there not lots of lepers during the time of Elisha? And yet it was Naaman, the Syrian general, who was healed of his leprosy. And then he talks about the widow of Zarephath. And then that's when they got really mad and they took him and that monument is still there to this day. They've built up and beautiful garden. And, but they took him out to the precipice on the hill outside of Nazareth. They want to push him down. Why were they so angry? Because he was telling them that he came not just to the Jews, to the Jews for sure. And that's priority, but to the Gentiles as well. God always loved the Gentiles. And he was highlighting that from their book, from the Old Testament. But they didn't like it because they want to think of him, God, as an exclusive God. And so the gospel is for the whole world. Jesus is for the whole world. The Bible said in Revelation that in heaven we're going to be from every tribe, every nation, every tongue, ta ethna, every ethnic group, people are going to come. And we're seeing them every single day. We get news from all over the world of people coming to Christ from different backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds and different uh, religious backgrounds. They're coming to Christ and submitting to Him as Savior and Lord. And on this earth and in their daily lives, so many of them are being persecuted for that. Oh my goodness. There are some, literally when they give their life to Christ, they know that they are signing their own death warrant. And not by governments, although that can happen, but by their own family members. Mm some relatives, friends, but they know that, and yet they do it anyway. And this is why I think that we are coming toward the end of the world, because when I see this happening, then I see Americans staying home, watching church on television in their pajamas, and, or they, because they can't get a parking spot, or because it's raining, and so many others are turning away. It's a great apostasy that Paul talks about. Then I am convinced that we're coming toward the end of God is preparing His bride, his church from every corner of the globe. Now in the West, we've rejected him. He said, fine, I'll take the gospel to Indonesia and I'll take the gospel to the Middle East. I'll take the gospel. And that's what's happening today. God is preparing the bride 
for his return. And uh, I think everyone needs to really be forewarned that we are coming to a time when you either face Jesus as your judge or as your savior and friend. There's no in-between. You can face him as your judge on that last day or you can face him as your loving savior who will bring you into the kingdom of his father. We look at the people in the Bible, too, the people that God chose to tell us about, whether it was Abraham or Daniel or the prophets. None of these guys had it easy. No, but also remember this. The Bible does not say, okay, let's take Abraham or Isaac or any of the characters, or David, and let's really take them to the laundromat and (laughs) wash them clean and then kind of wrap them in a cellophane, put them on a pedestal and say, now you need to be like him. No, they show us the warts and all. They're showing us that they are fallen human beings. They're sinful people. But they also showed us they learned how to repent. Mm. And see, that's why the Bible is so authentic. There's nothing the Bible is trying to hide from anybody. Nothing. And it's a full revelation of God. He wants to make himself known. And finally, when he tried through the prophets and through others, when in the fullness of time, as Hebrews said, he gave his son. His son came. So look, I am here to reveal to you what the father is like. I want to show you the love of the father. I'm going to reveal to you the father. And that's why, you know, when people say all religions lead to the same place, I said, no, they don't. There's only one who came and revealed the God, the father. And therefore only those who come to God through Jesus will make it to God. They will make it to a God, but not the Elohim of the Bible. Jehovah or Yahweh of the scripture. He said, this is my one and the only begotten son. Trust him, believe in him, obey him. And that's what God said. If they want to have their own plan, God bless them. I'm sorry. And I really feel genuinely sorry because of eternity. And I've heard you say there's a large number of people who profess to be Christians who do believe that there are more ways to heaven. If they read your book and if they read the Bible, they could never, never accept that as truth. No, unless they want to say Jesus was lying and God was lying. And if they do that, then they really lost the battle to begin with because, you know, God is the truth. There's no lying in God. God always... That's why Jesus said, I am the way and the truth because of my coexistence with the Father. I therefore came to reveal to you the truth about my Father, the truth about me. And with that, there's no truth outside from me or apart from me. I have always thought the most horrible thing ever would be to face Jesus and have him say to me, I don't know you. I don't know you. Yes. He will say that, Michael, to people who believe that they are Christians. Read Matthew 24 and 25. And Jesus said, I don't know you. We've done this. So we went to church. We have done this. We went to church Christmas and Easter. <laughs> oh, we've done good things. I don't know you. I don't know you. Until you come to Jesus Christ and submit to him as the Lord of your life and the Savior of your soul, you're going to hear those words. I don't know you. But if you do this, if you come to him, surrendering to him, he will say, welcome. Well done, good and faithful servants. There are a world of difference between those two. Well done, good and faithful servants. You've been faithful and little. Now you be given much or I don't know you. It, it tears me up on the inside. It seems that a new generation has less exposure to God. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm in my 60s now, but when I was in public school, we memorized Psalms. We talked about the Bible. Now it's such taboo 
but in your book, you do such a great job of showing us that we are just like they were. We have turned away from God just like they did. They called him Baal. We call him jewelry, clothing, pride. Sure. We haven't changed. No. We have to get back to this. Absolutely, because if we do not, unfortunately and sadly, the consequences are too severe to even comprehend. And that is why if anyone has an ounce of love in them, truly love people, love God and love people, they must tell the truth. They must speak the truth. They must call people to the truth. And if they don't, they're going to pay a heavier price. That's why James said, don't be too many of you teachers, brothers, because we the teachers, we the ones in the pulpits. I just read something in the press the other day. A woman pastor was telling her congregation she had two abortions and every time she felt the presence of God. Now, I don't know which God she felt the presence of. And so the conclusion is abortion is not a sin. And that's speaking to this wearing vestments, wearing clerical garbs. And so we have lots of falsehood that's invading. And with the social media, my goodness, there's so much fake stuff out there. And so... I am pleading with people, go to the truth. Now come to me. I mean, I'm not looking for people to follow me. I don't want anybody to follow me because I am a fallen human being. I want people to follow Jesus. I'm not even asking people to come to my church. Go to a church that preaches Jesus and only Jesus. And so it is my appeal. It's my longing. It's the longing of my heart that people come to know the real Christ of the Bible. There's something in us that recognizes truth when we're really honestly seeking it. And I feel like this new generation, those that are in their 20s, they get it. They understand what's truth and what's not. Maybe it's a great idea to recommend to youth group leaders or small group leaders or young people who are forming their own Bible studies, start with this book, How to Read the Bible. Absolutely. And I know some families already said they want to do this with their children and read it at night. They've done with some of my other books, but this is a book that no family and no household should be without. And it should be read loud and to the family or if an individual or single people, they can get together and study it and then compare notes and talk about it. And look, in the end, I am very realistic. And I believe that those whom the Father would draw will come. But those who are going to be stubborn and refuse, that's their responsibility, not mine. Ezekiel in the prophet talks about if you're a watchman and you are seeing danger coming and you warn the people, then you're innocent. But if you see danger coming and you don't warn the people, their blood is in your hands. Mm. And I do not want to have blood on my hands. And that is why I will, with every breath, I want to warn people, come, come to the loving God while there is opportunity. And again, this book also, you really make it a point to show there are no contradictions. No. 1,600 years, 66 books, 40 authors. There are no contradictions. No, absolutely. I mean, people are always picking up contradictions. And I've, I've seen so many of them. I've answered so many of them. And they're not really contradictions at all. And uh, it's like saying, you know, one time Jesus fit 4,000, one time he fit 5,000. Which one is it? I said, both. He did both. He did it twice. And so those who are looking for contradictions are going to try to find it. But the problem is, if you come in humility, this is a really operative word, because humility says, 
I know there is a God and I'm not it. <laughs> and I'm not him, I should say. I'm but not him. But that's not what our society is teaching people right now. Exactly. That's the problem. That's, that's what humility is. You know, some people have funny ideas about humility. They think you've got to be a doormat or a kind of a, a colorless person. So he's humble. No, 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 no. Humility says there is a God in heaven and I'm not him, but I'm going to come to him and ask him to come into my life and to redeem me and save me and teach me and then guide me throughout my life. And I have experienced his guidance in life in 2024. It would be 60 years since I started walking with the Lord. And so I know experientially, and that's not only me, there are thousands of people, millions of people out there who testify to the guiding hand of God when you come to him in submission, when you come to him in humility. Passionately proclaiming the truth of the gospel. Amen. 60 years you will celebrate that. When you came to Jesus and you went to the pulpit. Yeah. What is it? It seems a silly question, Dr. Yusuf, but what is it that fuels that passion? I see it growing even year after year. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, my goodness. And when um, people say, you know, uh, when they get older, you kind of lose. I said, my, obviously didn't work for me. (laughs) And there are a lot of people say that. Well, you get older, you lose your passion, you lose this, you lose I said, I am more on fire now than I was 25 years ago. I've always been on fire, but I'm burning faster (laughs) and pedal to the metal, as they say, because I can see the finishing line. And therefore, I'm running and I want to make sure that I'm running really hard until I reach the finish line. And the only thing I long for more than anything in life is that I take as many people with me to that finishing line. And that will happen when you spark that fire in people with this book. That is, I mean, I don't want to ask you. It's almost like asking you, who's sure. your favorite child? Yeah. But it's taken you 50 years, you said, right. to really write this book. What sure. is your desire for this book to it, accomplish? It, it's a longing to show people that the Word of God powerful, that the Word of God is true, that the Word of God is authentic, that the Word of God is the Word of God, and therefore it is His love letter to you personally. If you're the only person on the face of the earth, He would have sent you that book. And so take it seriously, just as God took it seriously to make it available to us in this 21st century. And this book is a great place to start, I have to say. It will really inspire people. It gives you a good look at the journey that's yep. ahead of you. And again, the credibility. Yeah. And this book is for everybody? Everybody. Because once you read it and you understand what the Bible is, you can even start in the book of Leviticus. <laughs> <It's like laughs> that's a, friend, a tough one, though. A friend of mine who's not a believer, you know, <laughs> called it the, the Levititus. I said, well, it's Leviticus. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. You can, I mean, once you read this book and you understand the theme of the Bible, you're going to pick a Bible anywhere and you're going to say, ah, I understand now where that fits in, because that's really the idea behind the book. Well, I thank you personally. Reading through the Bible in its entirety completely changed my walk with Christ. Absolutely. And I've done it more than once, and it was because a believer at Church of the Apostles put it in my hands and said, I will pray with you for this time. So I feel like you have given us, Dr. Youssef, an excellent tool to take how to read the Bible and put it in the hands of others and say, I will pray with you as you read through this book. Yes. It's the beginning of a life change. Yeah, amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. 
How to Read the Bible as if your life depends on it is available now. And Dr. Youssef, again, we want to get this into as many hands as possible. Yes, absolutely. I am appealing to people. And we try to do everything possible at leading the way to make it available. Of course, in bookstores and Amazon, it's published by Salem. And uh, it's wherever books are sold. But we make it easier for you. One step to leading the way and you get this book. And please don't get it and just put it aside. Read it. Read it immediately and then give it to others to read or read it together with other people. Dr. Michael Youssef, thank you so much for this gift. Thank you for the gift of your ministry, which has inspired us for so many years now. To God be all the glory. To God be all the glory. And thank you all for being with us. Thank you for listening to today's special message from Dr. Michael Youssef. Do listen again next time for another edition of Leading the Way. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.